Peace. Peace. I'm Majestic. What's happening, my brother? Hey, man. Um, I'm out here. We out here. It's all out yeah, here. Um, it's all out here. Got Messiah next to me. Nah. Uh, doing, you know, being at home things. You know what I'm <laughs> In the house. Getting ready for Black stuff. Skate Day. You know what oh, I'm man. Yeah, I like they, that. Today's Black Skate Day here, so... Sure. Uh, I just want to represent. Yeah, he's going to just want to represent, so he's getting busy. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, so yeah, that's it. That's it, my brother. How are you, man? I'm, uh, I'm solid. I'm solid on the precipice, as they say, of of a of a, a week away, week off of things in a couple of days. You know, out of my normal uh, operating space. You know, what I mean, I can reset and uh, get locked in to close out the year, as they, as I like to think. You know, what I mean, yeah. So. Um, feeling good for the most part, though. Um, so uh, we had a couple things, and, and I think we could start with. So there was a, a, a kerfuffle, as it were, yeah. or or and I and I don't totally remember, you know. Um, and it, it pertains to this because as a podcast, it's creating content right. and sharing right. stories and voices. Um, there was, and you let me know if I frame it right. Um, Joe Budden was at. Spotify, um, and did not renew the contract there. Um, other people, most prominent, I think, among them, uh, Charlemagne of uh, of the Breakfast Club and whatnot, had some, you know, real, you know, uh, derogatory views. And Joe Button, who you know, I listen sometimes. Some what he be talking about? No, not all the time. I, you know, I, I got a lot of podcasts in the podcast rotation, so I only got so many hours in the day. But I try to try to try to sample, you know. Um, but I went to listen. You know, you sent it to me, and he, you know, Joe goes real in on, on a concept that I think is really the issue that I, I think is is, is cross a lot of different issue matters as it pertains to black people at this time and black men in, in, in a very specific kind of way um, around ownership and control, right? Um, yeah. And resources, I guess is the way it framed to me. And my, let me know my, before we get into the, to, to the matter of it, you know, can yeah. you give me your, am I in the right lane of assessment? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, uh, you know, so I just think, um, yeah. no, you know, as you go deeper, I think there's just one, just a concept around, uh, public declarations and their responses to public declarations and their responses to responses to public declarations. <laughs> so <laughs> I just think that that idea of how we're having a conversation um, and how conversations evolve is a really interesting one, right? In this context. And so, yeah, so I, I think you're, you're, you're on the right path here. Okay. So, I mean, the essential piece here was that folks, some folks felt verbally that because uh, the brother Button did not keep his creative work at Spotify or the deal and didn't take their deal, that he was the loser or had made some monumental failure uh, in judgment or thought about, you know, um, you know, as people say, securing the bag. Um, right, right, and, right. And and Joe, uh, you know, to his credit, was I, I mean, I think you know, and I and I maybe maybe I'm not as informed as I need to be, but I feel like he made some real salient points around one ownership of your content, right, and then and the larger thing, and I think it's very 
and, I, and I've watched it just as someone who has been, you know, listening and engaged in podcasts for a long time. So the, the question years, years ago when way more less people, you know, this is almost over a decade ago when way less people were listening to podcasts was one, where is this going? Right. Because the two things that undergird the capacity, the ability to access these um, least easily uh, are right. Apple and Google. And they don't make any money off of really doing it. Mm, One, right? Yeah, like that was always people's concern was that what if Apple and Google just decide we don't really want to help people to do this shit no more? (laughs) Right, right. right. Like, so you got this broadcast really like in a sense a broadcast medium and a a protocol that makes it easy because when I first started checking podcasts, you know, the same way like Google Reader for folks that used to do blogs in the mid-2000s when the first kind of Web 2.0 shit hit, you know, you get your reader and then people had to make sure their their blog was set up right so that your reader would aggregate, you know, whatever they were writing. Now we got we got a myriad of platforms, you know, that will let you do that. And then some of those reader tools have actually gone away. I mean, Google Reader being the one that was the most popular uh, amongst folks you know one day google woke up and said hey we don't really we don't really need to take care of this <laughs> no more and you know what i mean um and when i learned what you could really you know so podcasts work on the same medium it's it's a you you create your content that's your information your file you set up the reader the you know your podcast app goes and picks that file up off the internet you know what i'm saying so right. that's why the, how the broadcast works okay. um and those entities basically sort of organize that and or allow those register that, that registry to exist you know pretty much for free they don't they don't charge anybody for it you know but it also is a value add right it's a value add that you know you know that the apple podcast app is still one of the most prominently used because they they embraced it and it was consistent and then so if you got an iphone it's right there you know what i'm saying if right, i send you right. the join you can open it right up even on a, but also even on Android, even though you might have to use a different app, you know, whatever. If I sent you the RSS feed, your phone will know what to do, put it in the thing, and then you can listen. So, so with that, um, and if you ever listened to Gimlet, uh, one of their first podcasts was uh, the Startup John, where it was yeah. talks about starting Gimlet. Right. You know, one of the big questions was. The, the you know it, there's money here we're not totally sure how people are going to make the money <laughs> but there's money here right and so that whole first season of it he's like talking to these different investors and he you know part of it is you know this whole you know the whole like you know unassuming white man trying to solve this complicated you know problem which you know i don't you know no experience, but that that's a part of the dynamic right is like oh he's like a he's like a physics teacher who decided to get into npr and then now he's gonna try to be a businessman like right so that that whole disarming reality but the then the fascinating quandary of the uh of the curious white man yes you know what i'm saying <laughs> he just can't you know it's all so so, so you know like caveman lawyer on the joint like oh this box how does it work with <laughs> how do you get the little people inside and it's like come on man you ain't caveman lawyer <laughs> but anyway um the uh so when you get to like them figuring out like the ads right and like mm-hmm. and it's interesting because in that season of it he talks about like figuring out the ads separating the ad music especially with highly produced podcasts right where you got you know you got deep levels of mixing and you got 
you know, you sample, you got all kinds of music and stuff in there. You got to pay licensing and you're like, you know, you're doing all the things, you know, where you that you may not always do when you're one dude in your house with a laptop and, and, a, H, and a Zoom H5N right. and some chords and stuff. And you just putting, you know, putting your creation together, um, you know, and then eventually, you know, they, they figure out they get investors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> First of all, you know. And my investor, it's like a million dollars of investment. Not no, not like the curious, the curious experience. Of the like I said, the fascinating quandary of the curious white man that ends up with a million dollars, right? Like, well, we have fascinating quandaries about reality. It ends up being, you know, somebody who knows what it ends up being. But right. it don't it ends up in the Tyler Perry movie. But it right. don't end up being a million dollars. Yeah, yeah, definitely don't. End up. It might be like you know, I'm gonna take four hundred out my next check, and I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna put it into this thought I got right. So, <laughs> so you get that simultaneously. You got, um, and I'm a, you know, I'm a, I, I, a Bill Simmons, you know, podcast listener. As you listen, you know, me, I used to listen, you know, on the sports tip. You know what I'm saying? But he at ESPN embraced and pushed it. Right. And really created a lane. And then mm-hmm. and so for me, you got those two streams. Then you got the Joe Rogan bag. You got uh who's the other dude? There's another cat. There's somebody else I'm missing. You know, and then and then oh man, Cobb, Combat Jack, you know, right. one love and, and all respect yeah, dudes for Combat good. Jack, right? And what he was building. So you had these, you know, to me, those are some of my pillar entities that in, in combat jack used to talk about all the time on the show that like yo man we did this shit for like five six years and motherfuckers didn't care <laughs> like nobody like people was listening but nobody was listening you know and then you know folks started adapting and understanding the medium um people that you would want to interview that maybe would engage with larger or you know what we might call mainstream media entities started to see the value of being in these type of settings to to like tear share parts of your story and your world. So, put a root and fast forward because I don't want to tell the whole history of podcasting. Spotify, the 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 thing though that was always the thing was who will come in with more money, right? Mm-hmm. To, um, you know, figure out like how like what this is going to look like in, in in the you know sort of kind of in perpetuity or what have you. So Spotify slid in. With bread, they bought Gimlet, they bought uh, the Ringer, which is um, Bill Simmons' like newest thing. Or I mean, they, um, but but and there's a Luminaries, another one that's an exclusive, like where so this mix of yeah, exclusivity. That's one that Axel Rod is on. Uh, yeah. Axel Rod's new content is on there, and that Seattle joint. Yeah. The uh, the the one about Seattle. Yeah, I was on there along yeah. with that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so right. So those are. They got stuff that you can. There's a, there's a, there's all these different you know podcast networks. I mean the old what's the name podcast was on the the, the whatever the thing I can't remember the name of it. You know what I'm talking about mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the first iterations. Um, and so there's money. Folks know there's money here and a way to do it. So you get to uh, Joe, and he's like these in the, this dynamic ad stuff and all this is this thing where they like yo we want to be able to go back in and use you know the, the computer technology to put ads back in the shit <laughs> right and right. and and then though but i think that the bigger point that that i felt was important that he was talking about was ownership of our content which is 
we as black people are always asked to trade on the, the, the thing that we have that's valuable to the macro world and like not just trade on it, but like give it away. Right. Mm-hmm. Like we're not just asked to, you know, we, we, we are retired rappers that we could say. Right. And right, a part right. of the, the, the total unappealing part of making music was at some point I got to go. I might have to like give up my creative, my creative content for like, you know, 25 cent on the dollar so I could be successful right. in this. I'm cool. <laughs> like, what well, it was a premise. And, and so, so I, I think there's two parts of that, right? Mm-hmm. One is, and, and I think the largest conversation here, again, going back to my first point was Joe Button making his statement. I'm not going to call it complaining. He was making his statement. Uh, people part ways from business, uh, business people, you know, from mm-hmm. business partners all the time, right? Then Charlemagne and them making this statement. Now, here's where I think the first place goes wrong. And this is part of hip hop, as you will, or in this air quotes thing, the culture, which I think is an abomination. Because the <laughs> culture of what? Like, what is it the culture of? Was it black culture? It's the culture. Is it, is it hip hop culture? Is it woke culture? Like, what exact, what culture is it? And then what is your culture transferring? Because culture is transfer stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Culture is a transference of ideas from multiple, from, from time to from the past, present, and future, right? Mm-hmm. That's what mm-hmm. culture does. So when you're saying this is for the culture, but it's not for the people, right? Which I think is also an interesting concept. But not for the people, it's just for the culture. But anyway, in being for the culture right now, everybody's on this thing of like mining people's business, right? And by mm-hmm. that, I mean like literally business. So it's mm-hmm. like, you keep signing bad contracts. You keep signing this. This is on you, right? So Part of the underlying concept of, of Hove and stuff that he's done as people start to judge you based on the quality of contracts that you sign. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? Or they're judging you based on what they call your business acumen. Right? Mm-hmm. The truth about that is we don't know the, the benefit of your business acumen until later. Yeah. We don't know if it was a smart move or a dumb move. Did you want a hundred percent? Did you want a hundred percent of a, a million dollars or ten percent of a billion? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Like, what did you want? Now, if it served your purposes to say I have a, I own a hundred percent of it, then that's fine. If you're in another business that you want ten percent of a billion dollars, that's fine too. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I won't go there yet, but. Mm-hmm. There's this conversation around the quality of your thinking as pertaining to your business acumen as defined by the twin sides of are you getting rich or are you owning it, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's these two sides of the equation because one side is are you getting rich, right? Right, right. You, 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 are you returning a clear, uh, how do you say, uh, you know, profit? <laughs> like you, right. you get, you right. get, I, I right. got a payout. I got, a, I got a royalty or whatever. I got a payout that's coming through. Yeah. A strong payout. Because let's be real, Jay Z also enters into contracts with people, mm-hmm. right? As much as we do his whole ownership play, he enters into contracts. He doesn't own Live Nation. He has Rock Nation, which is Live Nation and Rock Nation, mm-hmm. 
right? He may have 51%, but I'm saying the general sense of he doesn't, there was a cash infusion when he went to go do the sports stuff. There was a cash infusion. It just wasn't all his money. Yeah. When which, he went to go you know, work with Toma, which is smart, though. Right. Again, it ain't necessarily a bad thing. It's just a it, thing to understand. It's just a thing to understand. So that's what I'm saying. We have this equation in the culture, in air quotes, about are you rich or do you own all of your stuff? Right. And so I think because we have these twin kind of posts without understanding global business, we start having dumb conversations. <laughs> so then, 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 you know, Charlemagne's conversation starts to be dumb because of this conversation, of this kind of, uh, these polarities. So then, you know, he, he responds. The other part of that is, again, going back to this model of, music from what the 30s and 40s right the model of the model of music is based upon that time right right the model of music is based upon the radio right and so right. now we're in a time where the model of music was based upon you you created this i paid for it i give you a little bit of it but guess what you can just go and sell what you just did anywhere and get paid <laughs> and then I give you a chance to sell it other places and get paid. And you got paid and I got paid. And as what happens a lot of times in American capitalism, we lost on that equation. Yeah. Writ large. <laughs> um, you know, so uh, yeah, I just think it's an interesting space of like how we even get to a place of Joe Button making a statement about his contract, but then Charlemagne envy, but then Charlemagne in particular, right? Being like, yo. You just sign bad contracts. You don't have good lawyers, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which again and, goes to the place, you know. Yeah. Well, it, it's the it's the, the the odd thing of one. You, you do we know the details right now? You know, right. and, and I and I bear witness to the idea that like you know, if someone seems to keep having issues, that maybe the issues are them. But also, I bear witness that that's okay if that's their issues, like. You don't have to be who, who, whatever, what is the standard we're, we're trying to map someone to be, right? And so then, you know, and then there's a whole dynamic of like, especially I think about it as folks in a certain, you know, stratosphere of sort of the, the, the content and media world who exist in like a social sphere, right, with right. each other, right? So, so then I get into like, is this some other, you know what I mean? There's some other personal arsenal, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, well, just yes, we could clearly heard, right? Yeah, you know I mean, and then just like I've been thinking about, like, uh, and I and I and I think that uh, Fifty Cent and Ti are actually going to do a versus, but you know, I, I, last night, I, I, I Fifty Cent was all the way. I mean, with the memes and the jokes and the and the Ti and all, like it's hilarious. Actually, I don't know if he writes all that stuff himself. <laughs> but, oh, really? uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know if he writes that stuff himself, but the shit is hilarious. I'm like, I don't even know. If, like it's like they're clearly you know but they're clearly bumping up the reality right so if if you it's almost like you might think it's personal but it may not it may totally be like no we gotta like if we're gonna battle i need to battle you like i need to we need to have some gruff right so you know switching to this dynamic you know you have um you have, you have, I think, a couple of things play at the same time. You do have a serious question about um, the value of people's content, 
right? And mm-hmm. understanding, you know, like the future direction of 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 this and what I've been doing and, and you know and what we've been doing together. Um mm-hmm. and like and I go like, hey man, you know, I keep growing this and it gets to the place where someone external sees what we're doing and sees us and go, oh man, you know, I really love it you know, back up the truck for y'all brothers and, uh, you know, bring you on to the team. Um, what I'm going to need though, I'm going to need all 35 episodes or 50 episodes y'all did before I was around. And I'm gonna be like, nah, <laughs> unless we, we got a dollar. Right. Like, no, that's that, you know, we're not going to do that. You know what I'm saying? Like why, why you, why you get to take something you wasn't around or nor a part of, you know I mean, unless you got a really big check in there. And even right, and I, multiple. Right. And, and so I guess for me, it's like, yeah, again, going back to this idea of American business and how do you engage in American business and global business, right? Which kind of ties into, and um, spinning a little bit and to bring it back, ties into the conversation around Dame Dash and Jay-Z Brooks, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Dame Dash is a rugged, I want to own 100% of it all, regardless of how much it makes, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He likes the flexibility and control of that. Where Jay Z at some point, recreating multiple partnerships, created a really empowerful place at the table, but their partnerships and models he has with a lot of global capital. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, you, you know, you have a, you probably has ownership in stock in Puma, but at the same time, you're not the majority stock person in Puma. Yeah, but they yeah. understand that what you're coming with is actually going to make Puma money. So, you have a really serious place and an ability to help other people make money. Yeah. Right? Hence, Nipsey Hussle went up. You know what I'm saying? Like the marathon clothing and the whole bit. So it became a fundamental thing of, again, going into American business. Is the idea of American business to create businesses to sell? Or is the idea to create businesses to, to pass on? Right? And, and some variation of both. Right? I don't want to frame it as polls when it doesn't have to be. But that becomes the broader challenge that in our community and in the context of hip hop still hasn't been kind of like resolved. Right. Yeah. 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 Like, well, we, you know, well, I think about it, like it, it, it's the, you know, even we, we talk about build, you know, community change. I mean, it comes up like, it's like, Oh, well the only like who should get the profit, who should be involved, who gets to make the decision. You know, like if I, if I, as, Owner, we want to take, we want to tear down Grandma and them's old house and put in a triplex, but don't nobody else in the neighborhood want a triplex. But we like, yo, we're right. trying to maximize the investment. You know what I mean, we got this piece of land. We build three cribs. We can live in one and rent the other two, and we can, you know, sustain our family. Like, well, that the whole neighborhood might change now, so everybody mad at you. And it's like, well, damn. You know what I'm saying? Or in a different example, um, you know. You look at how people, you know, because it's a constant thing with black businesses is getting capital to get going <laughs> and right. and not having enough access to the capital streams and the tools. You know, some people say, well, you know, you know, don't take this. What's the name? This bad loan <laughs> from, a, from an investor. But it'd be like, yo, I, I got a vision and I got something. I think that'll work and I don't have any, but I don't have enough bread. So I need to enter into a partnership with somebody that got bread. <laughs> Right. Right. So then I can, you know, then only I can build it up and I can recover my position if I want to keep it or not, you know, lose control. Like, you know, this is the the place of, uh, I think, of, of constant conflict is like it's 
what is the what does the change what does the future look like and then you know if it is if the only way is complete ownership that's just for certain things that you know if we want to have a you know a, a broad food distribution business you know what i mean selling produce and, and 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 all things related to feeding the community you know there's a whole high level of infrastructure at scale i know i know that's a concept you 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 know you drop on them at scale to get to the place where you could supplant you know whatever the distribution systems that currently exist are you can't just like walk in like well look we got like 20 people that really want to work on it <laughs> it's like yo amazon has what like five to six seven sometimes distribution centers in one market right. to deliver all that stuff you know what i'm saying whether we think that's a good thing or not like right yeah you know i mean so like if you like yeah man we're gonna replace amazon with you know what i'm saying oak tree you know what I'm saying? We the new, we the new online shopping market. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yo, it's hard. <laughs> like, you know, you need a Walmart level of of distribution system to like push something like Amazon out the way. Now, if you're talking about a different, like I said, a different scale in the in, in a different market, then yeah, then let's talk about it. But I, I I think the specifics of business to me are often thrown out the window when people get to talking. You know what I mean? And people just start looking at numbers again. They go, oh, well. And I, and I think I thought was uh, real interesting. <laughs> it's quite funny, like, with Joe and his responses and his talking about, you know, basically feeling like they came to the table with stuff they thought was valuable to us and not the things that we know are more valuable, like equity in the company. Uh, long, You know, something long-term, is like, you know, you know, now I don't know if everything he says is accurate, but I don't got no reason not to believe him, um, so to speak. It's like, yo, know, if they came through with like, we thought you just wanted things that look expensive <laughs> or appear to be values, so yeah, we'll give you a big dollar number. Um, and then we'll give you, you know, some, 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 uh, you know, ancillary prizes. And then, you know, we'll just go forward together. And it's like, wait a minute. Nah, you're going to get to keep all the stuff. Like, right. you know, and then, and then the idea that, and this is something I think is really important about um, people realizing about anything creative that they produce. I mean, anything that you produce, period. I guess that, you know, if you if you are a person that's a writer and, you know, you enjoy writing and you maybe haven't broke through to be able to write commercially, but you've been writing stories and poems and stuff, you know, for the last 20 years of your life and you got stacks and stacks of books, you know, some of that might be hot trash. Um, some of it might be pretty damn good. If you break through in the writing world with one of your, you know, one of your submissions or whatever, or you, however you do it, suddenly all that back catalog, <laughs> depending on how, you know, you, you, you become, you Harry Potter out here. Right. Suddenly the people are going to be interested in whatever the hell you was writing in them other books <laughs> that maybe didn't get published or, you know what I mean? They're like, oh, well, we found this undocumented, uh, it's a poetry book that he wrote that never got published for whatever reason. It was, it was denied 27 times. You know what I'm saying? And then, it, like, because the context around you and it changed because people found something that they found valuable. So now everything right. you did is at least a curiosity to be explored. You know what I mean? And I think right. that the acknowledging that and that, you know, as it pertains to, you know, the future of podcasting and, and you know, definitely between these, I mean, there's, there's a lot of other things. It's like I basically every different thing has something that's sort of 
I mean, it's Spotify, you know, Apple and Google are still the primary aggregators of all this stuff. Um, but then like iHeart, Luminary, um, there's a couple of the podcast networks have like, you know, where you paywall to access. I think at least they used to. I don't know if they're all, you know, as prominent. Some of them have podcasts I ain't never really listened to. Or the podcast I listened to stopped. So I stopped listening <laughs> to what they was doing. But you know what I'm saying? Like, will all these different subscription models work? You know what I'm saying? Will they not work? You know, this this that is still the question, but there is definitely, especially once one develops an audience and you get to that scale, like, yo, there's a value if you got, you know, several hundred thousand people following you or watching your thing on YouTube for two hours twice a week. And, you know, I mean, I thought that was a really uh, important point. You know what I'm saying? That no, he I thought it. that was a really, I thought that was a really important point. And the idea, you know, one thing for me was the specifics, again, coming out of us trying to do music and whatever that meant of the music model, which generally wasn't, wasn't fair at all, but it definitely wasn't fair until you could maximize it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like it wasn't fair until you could go on tour over and over and over and over again. And produce for other people and get a hundred thousand dollars a show. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so you're you leveraged, frankly, your content for a bigger platform, right? And again, you can debate that. And then you had people who the money they can make you, right? And and in music, the the company was able to give more ownership and equity based upon the fact that you brought more to the table, right? Like. Mm-hmm. And, or you had channels that you could go yourself, right? Yeah. And so that that all makes sense in the music sense. But as I think people who are coming from music are now going into other art form, other forms of communication, this mm-hmm. also speaks to, okay, are you aware of how those other models work? Are you choosing to try to disrupt how those other models work, right? Because you may be trying to do that. Your goal may be, I'm going to disrupt how you know, other media works. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the thing that stuck out to me that Joe Button was saying, besides just being absolutely hilarious and talking super greasy to Charlemagne. Yeah, he was. Uh, <laughs> like, homie talked super greasy. You know like, like, yo, like, dang, you, you know what I mean? He said, just because we ain't, we ain't on the same path, just we in the same cross streets. <laughs> That's gross. I'm clutching. Who are you talking to? <laughs> But you know what I mean? One thing he said that I was thinking about and even thinking about the context of, you know, the the, the dialogues we have and all the listeners and thank y'all for listening. Like, if three minutes and some seconds on a streaming con, on a streaming place is worth, I don't know, 0.2 cent, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. How much is three hours worth? Right? Yeah. And, and, And so... Is it 100 times? You, you know what I mean? Like, is it, you know, so if it's three hours, let's say, let's say just for the sake, sake of saying it, it's three hours, which is 180 minutes. So three times 60. So is it is, is, is one listen of the podcast 60 times worth what one song is worth? Mm. Right? Because it's, it, it is the multiplied content. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so what does that mean going forward for again, the cost of content, the cost of creation, right? Like, 
you know, that whole meme everyone shows, like, you don't pay me for what I'm doing now. You pay me for all the time I was doing something before. Well, I don't know. I'm kind of paying you for what you're doing now. <laughs> what I'm paying you is what you did before, right? I'm paying I'm paying you the number because of the idea that you worked as hard. But I'm not paying you for what you did before. What you yeah. did before was what you did before. Yeah. I'm paying you because you can deliver a service, right? But in that same way, if someone's listening and someone says, hey, man, you know, you got a short, you got a surefire thing going on, like on 70 shit. Like, you got a surefire thing going over there, uh, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> that show over here, you got the good brothers, man. You got some stuff happening. You know, it was kind of like, okay, that makes sense. But when you're getting an hour of content, an hour of content by subject matter experts, no matter what it is, mm-hmm. right? What is that worth, right? And that, and that, that, that becomes a new world. Right. That becomes a new world just across the board. Right. Because then that's like, okay, how much should it cost to hear us talk? Right. I mean, it's crazy. That sounds like, okay, like what is what 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 should be the the entry cost to hear us talk? Right. What should be the entry cost to hear us talk for people who, you know, if you just were doing Patreon or whatever, like, okay, so I just is it worth five dollars a month for you to hear us talk? Is that an appropriate cost of content? Right. Especially if you can't cross monetize it. Mm-hmm. So I think for me, it brought out some broader systemic content and creative questions that, again, in this world of social media, it's like all hail the creative. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We've definitely got to this place. And, I, and I, I've been doing uh, I've been trying to purge, uh, especially my Instagram follows. I'm yeah. like. I just follow too much stuff and I, I can't possibly see all that. But like I started, I've been, I've been, I've been trying to analyze, like I try to look at like what stuff, what people are saying, but then specifically around, you know, once you, you know, anything, once you click on certain stuff, your ads turn into like, you know, so I got all the ads about creating a funnel, not creating a funnel. Doing your marketing ads, like as all of my, you know, that and fitness stuff, as all the ads that I get, <laughs> right? Because that's what I've been clicking on and looking at and trying to understand. And so then, with that though, is this, and as someone that's creating content and is is making art, as it were, as I like to say. Um, also, though, I'm like I, I recognize the the the, the limitations <laughs> of art and that, like, yeah, like content creators are really important and da, da, da. but there's also other stuff that's important like i'm not <laughs> like I, I i just i i you can I, I think one can get pulled into a bubble about like your value to the to the to the larger world you know what i mean it's mm-hmm. it's one of those things that i think is is, is I mean, like many things but definitely it's the, the fine line of like telling our stories and being in control of our narratives is is a part of why I do this and a part of why I have to do this for my own sense of self. But also right. I recognize that it, it don't like it, it ain't all about me. <laughs> and it's okay if everybody right. don't dig my story. But there's people who like, no, oh, I'm a content creator for life and and, and everyone and they need to they need to they need to get me to I need to be up there with this person or that person. And I'm like, no, you need to build an audience. <laughs> like I need to build right, an audience. Right. Like, and I think, it's the, I think it's the, you know, uh, I'd say a lot. It's the whole like eighth place participation trophy. <laughs> like 
because you participated, like you deserve a trophy. Because yeah. you've identified yourself as a creative, you just like you deserve to be taken kind of seriously by everyone as a creative. You know what I mean? Again, kind of connecting to that hip hop. Like I'm not a businessman. I'm a businessman, right? Mm-hmm. Like that whole idea. So it's like I'm a creative. Pay me. But like, what are the uh, in a world of full of new rules? What are what is the cost? Right. Mm-hmm. What is the cost of the content? Right. And, and and how does that play into the back end? How does that play into, you know, to, to, to the contract and to Joe Button's point? Like, OK, I, from his perspective, he's not trying to pay for Spotify's infrastructure. Right. Right. But what is the cost of the Spotify's infrastructure that allows you to be heard by this many millions of people, assuming looking at your your your, you know, their share of the market? And is there a cost that needs to be played into that, right? And I think for so long, other people, whether in New York, LA, Chicago, Tokyo, London, Paris, Brussels, right? There's been this group of people, and you see it when you go to Europe because you're watching TV shows and you're watching stuff and you're like, wait, I didn't even know that company existed. (laughs) And oh, that's the company that does the thing that does the thing that allows you to have fun. Oh, okay, cool. (laughs) Right? Like, Like, I didn't even know some, you know, but someone's getting rich mm-hmm. walking into a room based off of what you didn't know about, right? From a global business standpoint. Right, right, right. And so this has brought up to me in a broader sense, right? Because before, you know, somebody might scribble two ideas on a shirt. <laughs> so like Louis Vuitton got this new shirt, right? It's a nice shirt. Shout out. Y'all can send me a shirt. Um <laughs> But like it just says Louis Vuitton. It's kind of like writing, like eighties writing, like moonlighting or something, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> and that shirt is one hundred and ten dollars. Now I've oh three hundred dollars probably by far. But before I've always been like, why is that shirt three hundred dollars? Because it didn't cost three hundred dollars to create the shirt, and mm-hmm. absolutely right, it did not. But the cost of the brand, right, in someone's head, and what that means is the value addition that someone puts on that, mm-hmm. right? It's the cost of the brand. It's the cost of Louis Vuitton did his work for you so you can be respected when you wear it. Right, right, right. You pull up in, 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 in that space, which, which um, you know, leads to me ripped up or weird, weirdly styled jeans and some, some, <laughs> right. some probably some Jordans. Yeah. And and yeah. Louis Vuitton shirt, there's certain people just going, they're gonna be, oh, I see you. <laughs> right. Ooh. They confer, they confer a level of credibility to you that often you have not earned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, right. And so you are paying them, in my at least how I see it, you are paying them for the credibility that they conferred upon you because you didn't have any. Mm-hmm. Right. You're not paying for performance. Right. Like you're not paying because the shoe does something. Right. You're not paying because like this makes you faster. Right. Mm-hmm. Or it cushions your foot when you run and hit the, the concrete or the asphalt or the trail. Yeah. Right. Doesn't do that. You're paying for credibility. You're paying, paying to be like, man, that's an expensive shirt. You're paying, to be like <laughs> other, you're paying to the fact that people see you're like other people. Right. Because yeah. you're not like, OK, this was made in a in a. a a wool mill in you know Italy by you know 
uh, short Italian tailors who, right. who speak nothing but Italian and drink grappa all day, right? right? Like they've been, they've, been making, they've been making t-shirts for a hundred years. <laughs> they right. were the first they've t-shirt been... makers. You know what I'm saying? They've been they've been weaving the wool into a fine, you know, what I'm saying? a fine thread, and then 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 lining that thread into a to a fantastic brocade. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> then they cut it with just the right the precision. You know what I'm saying of the knives, so the threads don't even splinter and then right. they sew it you can't that. even feel the seams when it touches your skin like they didn't do that right so <laughs> it's not based on the calf leather leather or any of this it's just based on their yeah. preferred benefit to you because you're generally probably not cool now yeah. <laughs> so it does bring up what is the cost of like being able to access information that but for the people who were sharing it you might not be able to get it. Now, in our world, the cost of that is the ability for businesses to get in front of you, right? So that you buy something. That's mm-hmm. the cost, right? The cost is what companies are down with the stuff you're talking about. And if they have a commercial, then the listener, who we assume can be easily swayed by commercials, will mm-hmm. then go and buy something. Now, all this is a very interesting premise, right? So it kind of cut to me of the Joe Budden world. It kind of cut it a little deeper. Like, so the basic premise is since I say something, someone wants to listen to it. So allow some, someone else to sell something else to someone. That mm-hmm. is the derived acceptance of what my art is worth or what my perspective is worth. Mm. Not actually what it does for a jet person. Right, Not right, right. How mm. insightful it is, right? It. it it still is based on this idea of marketing and promotions to people to go buy something else that may or may not have anything to do with what I just talked about. Mm. And you know what? The one thing I say, and I know you could appreciate this, the the bevel phenomenon, right? Mm. When Combat Jack will always have a bevel commercials on, right? And and black podcasts would have bevel. Now, Tristan Walker was a genius for this because he saw that podcasting was like the way that his uh demographic mm-hmm. was receiving starting to get information Absolutely. you know what i mean yep he he knew that that's the that's the people he wanted and so he made sure that combat jack always talked about bevel right before i use anything from bevel combat jack talked about it ad nauseum mm-hmm. right um but that allowed Conject, Con, uh, Combat Jack to make the resources that had the capacity to do the thing to have Bevel proposition me three times in two hours. Yep. And then, I mean, Bevel, especially when they made they push, it was at least two other black podcasts I can think of. I think I think that that were all. I mean, it was it was clear, and and, and that's the the thing that I think about with with this this medium is that if you if there's a niche that you're trying to reach and you got that niche then now to other people you're valuable not to say whether or not that niche will pay you directly (laughs) right right you know which then also gets to the question you know even the thing that i've been trying to tease out for myself creatively as i started doing this podcast and was like i didn't i mean and i'll say initially and i'm still not 100 like i don't i don't feel that I want to have just whomever 
back up a Brinks truck. But yeah, just we trying to fund your podcast. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, Hobby Lobby, you know, wants to wants to put two million dollars. We got we want into your podcast. I'd be like, damn, Hobby Lobby, I can't really rock with y'all. Y'all kind of got some right. y'all got some tendencies I ain't really cool with. But damn, that's a lot of money, Hobby Lobby. <laughs> I had to look at it. like right now, like I had to look at it like. But then, but then I got to add another level of Hobby Lobby knows I, they would give me, who else would give me two million? Because Hobby Lobby wouldn't find me on their own, right? Somebody else might, you know, uh, but, but, and I think it was something that Joe did speak to about, you know, the, the, the right, the kind of conservative engagement with uh, audio based media, right? Yeah. Which, which is, is, and he said it, was good. it is a business, you know what I mean? You know, the, the Rush Limbaugh world, all, even though they, you know, I guess that that's, I mean, he ain't gone. He's still on the air. But, you know, right. that since the 80s, you know, really has been a very real business, you know, where, uh, you know, as you could say, uh, TV maybe leaned more left, radio leaned more right. Um, ain't no love. And, that ain't, you know, that's, that's the absolute truth, Ruth. And so when you get to, like, this moment and you go, oh, yeah, like, Bevel, um, What's the other one? There's another one I'm trying to remember that had a had a hard push. Um, and especially related to black men. You know, a lot of black men, you know, they, they ain't listening to uh they're not watching the view. <laughs> like, right, they, right, they, right. They, like if you're trying to tap black men, you gotta go to some other mediums. And, you know, there's a value there, but also I had an internal question of like, is that how and and it's something I'm still trying to tease out, is that how I want to f- fund this media and content thing. You know what I'm saying? Do, you know, or do I, do I want to partner with certain types of businesses? You know, which I think is probably more to my, to my, my, my politics, so to speak, would be to partner right. with folks who I, I see an affinity with and we have a common, some common vision more so than just like, you know, random whoever. Now also all that is the talk of somebody that doesn't have, 700,000 people downloading my podcast. My feelings may change. You know, you got to keep it a buck. Feelings may change. Right. It was like, yeah, we got 2 million downloads per episode. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, snap. We in the, we we are we independent on demographic data that you can pull from that. You got to ask the question, like, well, who's listening? And, you know, how are they getting, how are we, how is this functioning? You know what I'm saying? And and to me, that the the crossover thought I have with that as it relates to what's happening in our communities and I think some of the stuff that he brought up with like being like revolt and different media companies and business in the in the broader sense from real estate development to manufacturing to distribution to all these different spheres where folks are like yeah man start a business and be an entrepreneur and woo 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 you know what I mean get your own clothing brand going you know whatever the, the, the play of the month is is though like when we talk about uh you know, in this moment of, of, of protest and and, and and a heightened uh public display of the of the struggle for for our our, our uh, you know institution our, our our interpersonal or freedom so to speak do do how do we see that being how do we see the new world being funded <laughs> in, mm. uh, and, and 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 taken care of substantiated whatever the word is maybe if we want to we want to move away from the from the money money concepts brother you know what i'm saying we we involved in a, a different form you know whatever 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 the the model is it's like you know there there there's a communications disconnect with some of this stuff 
And mm-hmm. but then and then there's also a what is it gonna like if if the if the community changes in whatever way, what are the things that allow the resources that are needed for people to sustain themselves to come in and out of that space? You know, if it's, you know, uh, you know, people tell me, you know, we're we late stage capitalism, like word up. Mm-hmm. So what's how, how do y'all see the transition from late stage capitalism to whatever you're implying is about to happen next? You know what I'm saying? It like, or if, 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 some form of socialism is the only way forward. Like what actually does that look like? What are the details of it? How are people engaging? How are the resources and materials moving back and forth? How is the trust established between people to produce one thing, to trade for another? Like there's a whole lot of other details people be glossing over. And I'll be like, you know, the things are, things are always changing. And I don't, you know, I'm not one of the people that ascribes to the like, ain't nothing different philosophy, which you mean, you know, very well, but, Maybe other people don't know. Um, I think that's something people say when they want to be, they're upset and, you know, they're cognitively, they're not up, they're not in the other place where they could think about it in a different way. So I, mm-hmm. they're, they're in the amygdala, as I like to say. Um, and you go, what will be different? How will it function? And are you willing, as uh, I, I just listened to, uh, Nice White Parents, which is a serial drawing about schools. I think we talked about this, uh, or maybe mm-hmm. didn't. Um, but, you know, the sort of thing, like, are you willing to put your own kids into this new world of uh, how you how you live and how you take care of yourself? And it's like, if you ain't willing to put your own kids in, then why you try to tell other people to get in it? Like, ain't nobody going for right. that new thing. You know what I mean? So when we start talking about positive media and media that speaks to our our values and shows respect and and care and concern for how we see the world. We don't invest in that media if we listen to the media, right? We don't share the media. We don't, uh, you know, if we don't. I mean, not to everyone. Some people do. You know, we have to ask these questions. Like that's why I, I make an effort to listen to different podcasts, especially different Black people's podcasts. Somebody tell me they got a podcast, I got to go check it out. You know what I mean? And I try to also tap into other communities' podcasts somebody can put me on. Now, there's certain stuff. I'm, you know, I'm not... Uh, there's a whole lot of pop culture podcasts from different people of color that I don't really give a shit about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't care about fucking Brad, whoever. I don't know who the new person is now, but, you know, whatever media... Oh, this person said this. I want to have a 20-minute rant about Kanye and how much I love Miley Cyrus. I don't give a fuck about none of that shit. Like just keep it in a buck like i care about other issues <laughs> and there's a whole there's a whole bag for that right there's a whole like i told you there's a whole bag in the tech in the, in the nerd space for the dude that could talk about coding and being fascinated with pokemon and and he may be extra double street but he talks <laughs> in the language that those people that are not from our communities can connect with they love that black guy especially right. if he's short he was right. a short dude with like sort of halfway locks, but not really locks. They love him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They do not want, you know, but you come in with a little too much bass in your voice and a, and a, and a bit of gruff. They like, oh, I don't know. He's a little edgy for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I know the themes and the dynamics. I see what's going on here. And I'm not interested in being that. I'm not interested in giving you 
I'm so fascinated with the way, you know, like I said, the unassuming white man is like, I'm just trying to figure out this business thing. It's so. <sighs> and then they have a certain kind of music come on and they breathe like it's on NPR. Baby, well, that's baby. the thing. You're right. That's the thing. Baby, like, it's on... like, man, get yeah, the hell out yeah. of here, man. <laughs> get this shit out. Well, but that's the thing. Like, and so, but that's what goes into, okay, you've been conditioned to hear what you should receive. And you've been conditioned, broadly speaking, the conditioning got conditioning. <laughs> that like here's the cost of doing that and then when everyone's like let's think of you know a whole new world right like <laughs> everyone wants to like do but like talk about a whole new world but you don't want to talk about the cost of maintaining that and the cost of sustaining that because the because if and i always use this example you might want to say to somebody support me as a creative but you might be getting like t-shirts from another country where people's uh fingers are getting stubbed and cut off mm-hmm. because they got to create a thousand t-shirts mm-hmm. you see what i'm saying so like are you are you trying to put a good sheen on a messed up model or are you trying to change the model right and so i think that's also joe budden's conversation and again he may end up back where the dame dash world he may end up with dame dash network which i totally respect dame dash but i'm not watching nothing on the dame dash network (laughs) he ain't did nothing to make me pay for no dame dash network i've been trying to like at least like peep it out a couple times it always seems like i have trouble connected to it and i'm just like i'm like no yo that's what i'm saying he just he like it's like okay I get where you're going and the idea of having alternative me. I think we've talked about this. Like, I think one of the biggest things in the black community has been a challenge is we don't have our own, like the, the, the shift of black radio and how I would argue the power of black radio hasn't transferred onto the other platforms mm-hmm. yet. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like it, it hasn't like that. Just what that held and what black radio has meant um, has not, gotten to that other place so i get where you're trying to go to and 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 honor that but then it still has to be am i it's like the early vegan food from white people Mm. am i eating it because it's healthy or am i eating it because it's good right right. now i want it to be healthy and good right 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 if it's good but not healthy that's a challenge if it's healthy but not good that's a challenge right and so you have a network. Am I watching it because you're giving the middle finger to the the man? Or am mm. I watching it because there's actually consistent uh content that I personally find interesting, right? And let's say you want me to take the take one for the team, man. Just watch it till we get better. Okay. <laughs> I even get that. Just watch it. Watch it. So we gotta have more people. <laughs> Right. Okay. But how long is that going to happen? You know what I mean? Again, and it goes to like this this model of how are you segmenting your crowds? How are you doing this? So I think the the Joe Button, you know, you know, just the the broader conversation of the Joe Button thing brings some bigger points out Mm -hmm. about, you know the new models um the attractiveness and the premium that they're paying you for your old model because for example i have and i'll stop here i have probably watched 
four Joe Button shows. Now, I know it's a wildly popular show. Yeah. But I've watched four of them. The one with Pusha T, one, he got one, he was mad at Gilly the Kid. <laughs> he was mad at Gil. He was mad at somebody else. Like, <laughs> I've watched like that many of them, right? You know, yeah. and I guess Gil and them were serious when they said, you don't own nothing. I guess, I guess that was true. Uh, whatever (laughs) um and and so it's like now wherever you go next right cool will i be able to find it as easy right will it come up on my thing are you going to because you may not be with as many people or you may not be exclusive are you going to do something different for me to pay attention? You know what I mean? So it's also the shift in how people personally do business to be able to engage and stay on top of not just local and national, but global trends. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I, I mean, I'll close my closing thought on this is this. We, there, there's a serious conversation and I think akin to, you know, the value that maybe I say it better this way. I I've my personal opinion and personal position around, you know, and me even being involved in this medium is that us having uh, as a community vehicles that speak to our story and our perspective, especially on a broad range of topics is, is therapeutically valuable. But it also is actually very long-term, politically valuable, politically, culturally, economically, the whole bit valuable because we we have to have some control of how we're talking about the world that we live in and the world that we're making. Um, I, not to say that any of them shows is actually about that in the in the, in the, in the like how do you develop a property kind of sense or the you know I don't know whatever right. the, the the maybe more. Uh, how they say gray matter, heady perspectives on the world. You know what I'm saying? If, you know, two hours to talk about, you know, a rec- some records, you know what I'm saying? Which I like records and all that, but you know, you know, it's, everything's got its its space and its lane. Um, but yeah. some, somebody, uh, the cashier at, at, um, at, you know, my, one of the grocery stores here, I was one day and I was talking to him or I'm trying to remember how we got to it, but I was talking about the podcast or, Whatever, and his thing was, he's like, I feel like podcasts are sort of the new, like, literature. And mm. and in terms of, especially that, because, you know, we might think of literature as, like, the end product of this, you know, author who's influential and everyone knows about. But the other part of literature is thousands, hundreds of thousands of people writing stuff and sharing it in different places. And, you know, maybe it was in coffee shops, maybe it was in writing groups, it was in, you know what I'm saying, that you never hear of. Because they didn't become famous, <laughs> but they wrote a whole mm. lot of stuff, <laughs> right? You know, and or maybe that you know, whatever reasons that their writing never got from wherever it was to where it was going, or they just didn't have that ambition, but they did want to write. You know what I'm saying? And uh, as as a as a thing that people can do, we have the technology where you know you can sit down and and, and verbalize some thoughts and record them and you can save them or share them or not save them or, sh- you know, you know, the, the video log, blah, all these things are part of the same thing of sometimes people sharing their thoughts and making them exposed to the world. And it's important to me. And I think that there's a future for us having as many 
vehicles where folks are trying to dig into the weeds or to share different stories or to inquire and investigate um, aspects uh, that are important to us and come to our for our benefit and or for our, you know, you know, jokes and good times. And then there's a record and people can access it. Right. They can access it later. Maybe it doesn't mean nothing to them now, but maybe later they go and they go, oh, man, I didn't, you know, I didn't know somebody was talking about this. Oh, this is great. You know what I mean? Maybe they find something important to be recentered on what we sound like. Um, like all these things to me are are valuable. Um, and, you know, we got to keep pressing. But then also, though, we do have to figure out, like, if this stuff is content, these things people share is if it's valuable and it serves some other purposes, um, then how do we, how do we, how do we keep it going? And then though also, how are we make be intentional about accessing these different perspectives and, um, you know, not, you know, using these, we got all this stuff now where if you want to know about something and especially in like the U S and a couple other countries, and you, you, you could probably go find somebody that could talk about it and all of the, the, the basic equipment to put it out there is accessible to most people. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you could, you could make it happen if you know, now the, the ability to keep doing it, you know, if you're going to tell a story every day for 365 days for 10 years, you know, there's <laughs> other capacity matters that impact that, that aren't necessarily related to the technology. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? So, um, so in a pivot, um, you know, to close out our time today and it's cool. We can go, you know, it's my show. We can go over an hour, do whatever we want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the, um, John Thompson, uh, passed, was on the weekend? I feel like yeah. it was. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think, I think folks, I had a lot of thoughts, you know what I mean? You know, you know, black men of a certain age, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, who's, you know, a little younger than, than my, you know, grandfather, but older, you know, more, I guess, you know, closer to being what would be my father's age if he was still here than, than my grandfather. Um, but what, I guess maybe you start, like what's something you, you know, just thought about with, with Big John? Big John. So number one. I was totally lied. Well, my you know my father didn't check in on this one, but I was totally lied to as a kid because based on Biggie's basketball, I totally thought Villanova <laughs> that that uh that Georgetown was the Death Star, and that Villanova were like the you know the like the heroes. And it's totally not true. Number one. <laughs> so as a Delaware Valley resident, I can admit that now. Um, two. The Big East had amazing basketball. So anyone who didn't have the benefit of seeing Big East basketball yeah. in the 80s, you missed out um, ranging from even Providence got good at some point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and every team reflected that city's energy, which you just don't see anymore. Yeah, yeah. Like with Georgetown was a DMV thing. Seton Hall had Newark players, had players from Orange, mm-hmm. had players from Jersey City. You know, St. John's had the Queens guys, had the Brooklyn guys, right? Mm-hmm. Like Connecticut. Connecticut was the only one you didn't know where nobody was from. Yeah. In Connecticut. <laughs> <laughs> like, what did my man Cliff Robinson go there? Yeah, yeah. Right, like, like for example, right, 
So that's what I'm saying. But you never knew where the Portland guys was from anyway. Like, I didn't know what I was saying. Only reason that Damon Stoudemire was from Portland because I seen him with a Jerry Curl in 1993. But anyway, that's the story. So... So like so number one yeah we was told just different stories and the and think about the race and the racism involved with like framing Patrick Ewing and John Thompson as the bad guys mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. that's the worst that's the farthest thing from the truth right then it goes back to what I'll stop here's our conversation around mentors. And you know, there's the infamous story of how John Thompson went to Rayful Edmund of the infamous Rayful Edmond of DC fame mm, mm-hmm. and told him to stay away from uh, from Alonzo Mourning and some of his other players that were playing summer league teams down DC. Mm. And the fact that John Thompson had enough credibility in the street that Rayful Edmond listened to what John Thompson said. Mm. That right there is a testament to John Thompson. I mean, we know Iverson. We know the other guys. Like, we know what he did to get guys from D.C. into to Georgetown and get them access to a world that even though it was less than 10 to 15 miles from them, they never would have. If you was born in Southeast, or you was born deep uptown, you would never have access to what they call Hoya Saxa, right? Mm-hmm. He gave them that access. He fought. You know what I mean? He didn't take no quarter from nobody. You know what I mean? And so I think um, him, Nolan Richardson, like these, you know, obviously George Ravelin and these coaches from another time is signaling a, a, a changing of the guard. And I don't know if the guard that's changing is a good guard. Mm. I just know it's a change. Yeah. You well, know, so that's where I'm at. Well, the thing that, that and, and it especially is like people were, and it was dope to see the number of, of black men that were athletes, you know what I mean, at different levels or just had whatever that were like expressing their admiration for what Big John did for them, right? And mm. and it's something, you know, we talk about, we, we speak about it with, with mentoring and, 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 and relationships and, and fathers and sons and, and, you know, so to speak, surrogate fathers and, you know, your, your, your fictive kin fathers and sons. Um, the value... As when you're a young man of other men of a, of a, of an elder or older man that will embrace you in, in, with, 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 you know, not necessarily like will embrace you. You know what I mean? Put their arm on your shoulder. Yo, young brother, come here, man. What's going on with you? You good? Come in here. Let me put you, you know, help me, let me, you know, and, and, and be, you know, a part of your, as I like to say, your pantheon, man. Like I tell you, man, you need to have a pantheon. You need to have, uh, it, to me, it's important that you have, you know, family, your mom's, pops, absolutely important. And if you're fortunate enough to have both of those people in your life and they're, they're healthy enough that they're an add-on and not a challenge for you, man, all power, all, you know, all praise due to you. But we also need, like, yo, you need somebody that ain't your mom's, ain't your pop's. Mm. that can pull your coat or can can help you see other things about yourself can help you through other phases of your life. And especially in that role as a coach at a major university, you know, a university that some of them young men wouldn't have had the access to if they wasn't playing ball. 
right? And I think the thing is that he had, you know, he was about getting them dudes out of college. <laughs> it wasn't just mm-hmm. getting them in there and John, you know, John Thompson was gonna ride them to the next wave of personal success. You know what I'm saying? It's like, nah, I'm gonna get these dudes in here, they're gonna play ball. And then, you know, some of them may go to the NBA. Now, like I said, it's hard for some of us to realize that even in the 70s and the 80s, especially at the beginning of the 70s, going to the NBA was not necessarily the lucrative uh, <laughs> life change. I mean, it, right. was, it was a good opportunity, but it wasn't this like, oh, man, like it is now where it's like, man, you get that rookie contract, man, you out here. You know what I'm saying? Like in the 70s and 80s, it was like, hey, man, you good. But, you know, keep playing. <laughs> Because right. it ain't it ain't gonna last, you know what I'm saying? But the you know, almost I think about it like the tactical, and this was, you know, something you know, from from a family perspective. My 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 grandfather's thing with you know, me and the coach and everything in Hampton was like, I wanna get folks in here and get a chance to get an education to make it to hopefully have access to other opportunities. Not I can't guarantee that they're gonna get these opportunities, but I wanna I want to do my part to make sure they have an opportunity to get access. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. And as a as a a ethic that folks walked with, it's something that I I fear that we've got to a place where like we could talk ourselves out of the value of being the person to help someone get access to an opportunity and and mm. You know, like it's only it's only valuable if I can get you a guarantee, which is like that ain't how the world works. I mean, like I could guarantee you something, and you could fuck it up, <laughs> right. right? So if I if I guaranteed you a job that pays fifty dollars an hour, if you finish this training program, and then you finish the training program and immediately get on the job and it's fucking on your phone every day or going late or whatever the hell happens, like. I didn't really, I mean, I helped you with the opportunity, but you could, you could blow it. <laughs> but I wanted, my, right. my role was not to live your life for you. My role was, hey, let me, let me, let me help you understand some things that could maybe be something that allows you to be successful. But you have agency and the, the power is ultimately in your hands. And as a public person, you know, like I, you know, I, I, I've, I've met, I've known men like John Thompson. I mean, I never met John Thompson himself. But, you know, right. I think it was important, you know, being, our, being a youth in the 80s and seeing Big John up there yelling at people and, you know what I'm saying, and, and, and pulling up on stuff and, and, and then watching the Big East basketball the whole, the whole bit. But the, you know, uh, John Chaney. Mm-hmm. Same one. Yeah. Same bag. Like, yo, I, I, and I ain't saying that they always was writing everything they said or did, but there was, it was a, it was a hard job being a public leadership black man and it's still now but especially then in America the way you get talked about in the media the way your motivations are questioned all that stuff I don't think folks fully understand um you know what those men went through and then what also happens with is always the case in, in college basketball, especially in college football too. It always seems somebody get jammed up with the with the money thing. Somehow, as a black coach, always the one that's taking the fall. And I'm like, y'all white coaches trying to convince me, and none of y'all's out here giving up money. I mean, outside of uh, what's it? Patino <laughs> uh, uh, Calipari. Yeah, what's yeah. my nah, The other one, uh, Eric Dickerson, and all them. Uh, 
uh, uh, SMU. You know what I mean? Everybody knew SMU. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But like, yeah, yeah. it's like, yo, you know, even Barry Switzer too, I guess. But yeah, I'm saying like, especially in basketball and even in this recent stuff where it's like, yo, yeah, all the black coaches appear to be the ones getting the jam. I'm like, you trying to act like the, the black coach was the only one? Like, the other, okay, all right. That's cool, NCAA, FBI, sure. You know what I'm saying? Like, seeing John Thompson on TV was, you know, a public, like, hey, man, this black man in charge and these other young, other black men, like, they're in a, they're in a relationship dynamic of, like, leadership and response and, and, and support. Like, you know what I'm saying? You, you see the, the, you saw at times the affection, you know what I'm saying? You saw at times the, like, hey, man, like, I'm, I'm bang, I'm barking on you because you did something you weren't supposed to do. But sometimes that happens, right? It, like we can all come back, <laughs> like from somebody right. having to be barked at. Like, you know, I got you know enough respect, you know what I'm saying, and love, you know, for John Thompson, and and then like that, I didn't even know till later when I watched, uh, um, well, just later when I found out that I didn't know he played for the Celtics and all that in the '60s. Like I, I just, you know, me John Thompson was just bur- burst out the ether. <laughs> when I started watching college basketball in the 80s, it was like, oh, John Thompson's a black man. He's cool. I never in my mind thought, like, oh, he might have been a player, you know, before. Like, you know, but that's what right. you do when you're a kid. So, so you know what I mean? I just think it's, I don't want it to, in terms of, you know, black men as public figure, you know, sports coach is one of the, sports coach in the, in the last 30 years is one of the roles that we've been able to be prominent you know, have been able to find success in, in, in a platform. And, you know, but then on the other hand, the other side of that is sometimes we have not had a platform, meaning sometimes the coaches couldn't speak their mind freely, right? Sometimes the coaches would get, you know, they face undue criticism and a shorter, you know, evaluation, you know, kind of framework. Um, and then also understanding him as institution that set the tone because basically before John, before John Thompson, Georgetown wasn't no nowhere. No. For college basketball. <laughs> but he made it something. You know what I'm saying? So, much love and respect. My man. So, well, with that, I mean, anything else for the good of the order? For the good of the order, I think we good, man. Uh, and, uh, same bad time, same bad place. Peace, my brother. <laughs> All right. Peace. Thank you for listening to Good Brothers. Thank you to my brother, I'm Majestic. Uh, thank you to you for listening. Uh, we record regularly, and uh, I'm looking to get us on a standard schedule, really, coming in to October. I mean, big, big things uh, coming to the future of the podcast and and the content that we're creating here please support us by listening sharing rating subscribing and all that uh you can listen to the podcast on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, stitcher overcast youtube soundcloud at least for another month and um, many uh, and any other platform where you can find the uh if you search for it just hit the link and listen uh, you can also support the podcast by following Asher Ohead on Patreon. Your monthly contribution will go a long way to the future development of this content and keeping this thing afloat 
as uh, we look to, you know, bigger and brighter things in the coming months, in the coming year. Uh, please be safe. Uh, please look out for the person next to you, across from you, all around you. Uh, it's trying times, but we try to get through it together. Much love and respects to Big John Thompson. Thanks to uh, his impact on on my youth and on uh, you know a lot of young men who grew up in the age I grew up in who saw him doing his thing uh, regularly on TV. You know, coaching sports. You know, sports is never just about um, sports. <laughs> But in any event, that's for another conversation. So appreciate the support. You can find us at goodbrothers underscore pod on Instagram. And um, yeah, that's it for this one. So thank you for listening. Peace.